This is the Education Gadfly Show. Whip, watch me nape nape. Watch me nape nape. That's right. We've seen it on Twitter. Watch me whip. Watch me nape nape. What does Gadfly say? Hello, this is your host, Mike Petrilli of the Thomas B. Fordham Institute here at the Education Gadfly Show and online at edexcellence.net. And now, please join me in welcoming my co-host, the DJ Salento of Education Reform, Robert Pundicio. Watch me whip. Watch me nape nape. Watch me nape nape. That's right. We've seen it on Twitter. Watch me whip. Watch me nape nape. Hey, my, my second grader loves this song, especially the Superman part. Watch me Superman. And yes, nape nape. How perfect. This is our special all nape edition of the Education Gadfly Show, Robert. It's nape nape. It should be a national holiday. Uh, it is a national holiday if you work at the Fordham Institute. Yes, that's right. One or two other places, but you know we're 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 wonky like that. We are wonky, and and you know what? Used to be a time there are only a few of us organizations out there, uh, you know, analyzing the NAEP results. Some would argue committing misnapery, but now there's all kinds of groups involved and more scrutiny than ever. So we have to stick to the facts, Robert. This is not causal data here. Watch me wonk. <laughs> Watch Good. me nape nape. See, boom, boom, impressive. And this is from a man who's been uh, staying up late watching his Mets get beat. Oh, you had to work that in there, didn't you, Mike? Go ahead. All right, let's play part in the gadfly. Clara, get us started. What do we make of the new nape scores? Are the declines bad news for ed reform? Robert, you going to try to sugarcoat this one, Robert? Oh, uh, when have I ever sugarcoated anything, Michael? No, I mean... Can we get out of the business, please, of, of uh, how do I want to put this, of, of changing our minds, of overreacting to every little twitching nerve impulse that comes out of the data? Come on, let's look at some long-term trends. Here's the best thing I read this week, and I read this before Nape came out. Did you read Matt Chingos' piece? I uh, did. Uh, he had a nice report. I can't remember the title of it. Uh, from the Urban Institute, looking at 10-year trend data, mm-hmm. uh, adjusted one of the biggest complaints about misnapery, which you talked about, is that when why don't we look at the the, the demographically uh, corrected versions of NAPE we never do? Well, Matt Chingos has made it easy for us. We don't ever have to have this conversation again. And it, to me, everybody was talking about how Texas and Florida look a lot better. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're right up there with Massachusetts when you look at it through this prism. But the thing that nobody's talking about is all 50 states, if you look at 10-year tra- yep. uh, 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 trends, are improving. That to me is the big news. And that happened even before. This well, that did happen before. And that's look, one of the things that makes these, these scores so disheartening is that in math, especially we have mm-hmm. seen for almost 20 years now, nothing but up, up, up. It's kind of yeah. like the, the crime rates. We're used to them going down, down, down. Now, and when we say, hold on. And uh, when we see a little blip, it makes us nervous. I totally agree. We move we, away from the window, Mike. Look, okay. we, we cannot make any conclusions. We got to see what happens next time. That's and right. we certainly need more analyses, but look, it's, I mean, you'd rather see test scores go up than go down. You see, rather see crime stats go down than go up. And when, when you see these trends, uh, perhaps take a wrong turn. It's something that makes you nervous. Now, and all I'm saying is, of, of course, we can't draw conclusions, but let's also not sugarcoat it. And Hey, let's be honest. Some of our friends two years ago were out there crowing about the fact that the district of Columbia in Tennessee saw big gains yep. claiming it was because of their implementation of common core and teacher evaluations. I just read an interesting op-ed and I can't remember where I read it. And it was written by a guy named, uh, was an Italian last name, like Patrilli mm-hmm. or yeah, something yeah, like yeah. that. It's a good yeah. one. Yeah. It was good. And it was, it was about how, uh, that's my cousin. It, what was it? Okay. Yeah. 
um, was really well written. It mm-hmm. was written by another guy who wrote mm-hmm. with him, another mm-hmm. Italian name, I think. Anyway, it, it was about how Common Core test results were showing that, uh, you know, don't shoot the messenger. They're yep. going down because there have been all these changes going on in classrooms. So why do we think that when we're asking teachers to do so much more, change their practices in the last yep. couple of years, why do we think we wouldn't see a downturn? Right. No, well, look, I, I hope, look, you're, you're parroting, you know, Secretary Duncan's I'm line. He says this nothing. is, you know, you're, oh, you're, you're just an Arnie Duncan lackey. That's fine. But look, and, you know, his, his whole, uh, <laughs> there's an implementation dip, a well-known phenomenon. Uh, that may be true. Look, the truth, nobody knows. Uh, but uh, hey, I, uh, we would rather see these scores going up. Let's hope that next time that is the case and uh, let the, the true wonks dig in, do some more sophisticated analysis. If a had wings, Mike, it wouldn't bump its butt on the ground. Come on. Okay. I have no idea what that means, Clara, but why don't we go on to topic number two? What's our take on President Obama's plan to reduce testing in schools? This this is just the this this is the one where you just try to irritate me, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, well, well you, you are just questions. irritated, Robert, you this week. Every button I have. You're, uh, now, on this one, you're not an administration lackey. Oh, my God. You I, actually I, seem to disagree with them on uh, this. Vehemently. I was actually kind of, uh, he, I, I would say that Obama and Secretary Duncan sort of ru- ruined my weekend on this one because it's just nonsense. I wrote a piece in U.S. News about this uh, this, this week. This idea that you're going to reduce the number of tests. I, I mean, let's count the number of ways in which this is silly. One, uh, how many tests are federally mandated, Mike? Uh, well, depends how you count them. Okay. Three to eight, math and okay, so reading plus science. It comes out to something like twenty-four, okay. I think. In any given year, two. So uh, let's let's be not disingenuous. Uh, the the over testing, which I look, I think is a real phenomenon, and we have to be mindful of that. That is not federally driven. And by the way, uh, did, did 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 my brain fall out of my head, or do Obama and Duncan have virtually nothing to say about the number of tests that schools and states and districts assign? Right. Why are they even talking about this? The real mischief here is the effect of testing. I've been a classroom teacher. I'm still a classroom teacher. Let me tell you, if you're not paying attention to the effects of testing, not the number of tests, but the the fact that the test and prep culture we have materially changes the experience of schooling for our children, that's the problem. It's not the number of freaking tests. Okay, so Robert, I hate to break it to you, but you're wrong and you're wrong twice. All right, so here's here's the first thing. Look, this is being driven in part by the federal government, not just the requirements of reading and math tests, but especially the new teacher evaluation mandate. That's that's what I'm saying, Mike. Well, no, but you're talking about the stakes, and and I agree with that part, but I'm also saying that quite literally, there is now more testing happening because there is a mandate to collect student achievement data, including in the non-tested subjects. So what have states and districts done? They've gone and created pre and post tests for gym class okay it's ridiculous whoa if you take away every single test except the annual test in math and 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 in english you will have no material change in the way schools are run right no but but robert the the point is this is that you know some why are we having this big backlash right now i think part of it is a bunch of new tests have popped up in just the last couple of years including in gym class (laughs) and it's because of the teacher evaluation thing which is ridiculous right uh now, what do, do they think if that goes away that nobody's going to complain no, about no, testing but, anymore? No, no, but listen. So, all right. First of all, it should go away. Okay. Now, the problem that was states like Ohio would like to get rid of those things, but then they're told by the federal government. Yeah. Well, then what you have to do for gym teachers, rather than just I don't know, go go watch them and see if they're good teachers mm-hmm. and if if the kids mm-hmm. are doing push-ups correctly or whatever they do. <laughs> no, no, no. Instead, you should start to evaluate them based on reading and math scores. That's silly. Right. 
That's ridiculous. This is because of the federal government with, by the way, a condition on waivers that is illegal. And that, by the way, nobody in Congress supports. Okay. Really, really. So don't let your, your friends over there in the administration, Mr. Lackey off the hook so easily. Now, the second thing is on your whole stakes thing. Look, Robert, I I share a lot of your concerns about the the design of accountability systems or the way we're doing this is, has not encouraged good practice. And we got to fix that. Correct. However, uh, that doesn't mean throwing the baby out with the bathwater or else you become Diane Ravitch. Okay, no, no, no. Because you can look. What is the difference between your position and Diane Ravitch's position? I I just want to (laughs) know. I'm all for accountability. Here's what I say. (laughs) I don't have to have the solution to identify the problem. The problem is our relationship with testing is just out of whack. We are asking these tests to do things they were not intended to do. I want the data because the data gives us the the engine that creates the appetite for choice, for charters, for all these things that you and I love. Uh, If we are blind to the fact that we are are making a toxic environment around these tests to serve our our needs, Mm -hmm. we are going to lose this battle. Mm-hmm. We will have neither test nor accountability. Okay. Thank you, Dr. Ravitch. Okay. Topic number three. <laughs> Why do I surprise myself? I don't know. Because our, our listeners enjoy it. Okay. Topic number three. Some students feel like school dress codes unfairly crack down on girls oh, for great. wearing quote unquote distracting clothing. Are dress codes sexist? You so are now I, just messing. I should me. say, Robert, I did lie. This is the, I said it was going to be all Nate, but I couldn't help but pass this one. This has gotten some attention. Uh, that this, you know that these dress codes. Look, here, here's the argument, Robert, is that some of these dress codes, uh, that rather than be gender neutral, they say things like, "Well, well, girls may not show, uh, you know, uh, their their shoulders. Let's say if they have some kind of strapless dress on or whatever, and there's no." nothing in the dress code about boys showing off their shoulders uh, that, that it should at least be gender neutral. If you're going to wear a skirt, whether you're a boy or a girl, you know, here's how long it can be. People thinking that some of these dress codes are out of date. Mm-hmm. Uh, is this something the American public should be concerned about? Well, you know, it's funny. actually for what it's worth. This is one of those things because everybody has a, uh, a feeling about this parents this is an intuitive issue so everybody has strong feelings about this right this is something that you don't have to be an expert to to have a strong opinion about look i like school uniforms for exactly this reason you know because it solves this problem it takes the the, the bat out of the hands of of parents and kids and say and i work in the charter school we have uniforms great problem solved that's, right. that's my answer i mean on the one hand this issue so you really don't believe in parent power do you that's very interesting I, you just I, <laughs> you just took the bat out of the hands of the parents no, no no i'm just kidding in this case right that that going instead of having a dress code that says well you can buy something yeah. you bought at the mall but it's got to meet these specifications instead you just say you have to have a uniform the funny thing is in most schools many schools that have uniforms uh, they do it, it, it what i would argue they do it precisely backwards if you're an elementary school you wear a school uniform in middle school you wear half a uniform yeah. in in high school you have a dress code they should do it just the opposite let yeah. little kids wherever they ha- whatever they want because they're not going to wear distracting and I'm making air quotes everybody distracting quotes uh, right. distract, distract, distracting clothes well now this is in the other thing we, about distracting the other argument is that these dress codes are all about the boys right that that they they basically are sent on this thing that these teenage boys are going to be sent into these you know crazy fits uh, if the girls uh, young women maybe we should say uh, are are scantily clad, right? And that therefore we must make the girls cover up. I mean, what we we, we, we might as well just have them wear one of those, you know, what do they call them? The, the hijabs, the right, you know, the like like it's over, right, you know, right, right. right. The burqa is right, like we're over in the Middle East, uh, you know, lest. 
uh, bad things happen. Yeah, and then and again, that if that is the case, then we should also make the boys cover up because look, you know, what, what could happen the opposite way? Here's what I'm going to say. There are so many problems that we have in schools right now. This is one I have a difficult time getting exercised about. And I say that as the father of a volleyball player who plays her sport in spandex, and that upsets me. And beach volleyball players had to wear bikinis. What, what do you want her wearing? Uh, uh, anything, a uniform. <laughs> well, so, that, no, it is a, I mean, I'm sympathetic to this issue. A Scottish Celtic. I think that this is the biggest issue that we face in American education. I know, but look, here, here's the thing. I, I think we still should give schools a lot of leeway on this one. I, sure. I, you know, here I come to, I think that we have, pushed, the color of the uniform. we have pushed they back against choose. the adult authority in the schools on too many occasions. It all started with that crazy tinker decision in the Supreme Court that said that kids have rights. Kids don't have rights. Not in my home. Okay. When you're 18, you get rights. Exactly. Until then, forget about it. I'm glad we, we finally agree on something. Uh, we had to eventually. Yes. All right. Now that, we agree that, that, that this is done. It is. Can I, can I leave now, Mike? Done. You may leave now, but not you listeners, because it's everyone's favorite segment, Amber's Research Minute. Amber, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Mike. We're ready to watch you wonk. Watch you nape nape. <laughs> we really like that, don't we? Maybe we do need to cut a Fordham Institute video about that. What do you think? Uh, well, imagine that I have a new study out by the NAEP Validity Studies Panel this week. Yes. Woo! It analyzes the alignment of the 2015 math items. This is grade four and eight to the Common Core Standards for Math. The study classifies the actual 150 items at each grade level that are in the 2015 NAEP math item pool. So these are mm -hmm. the real items, 150 of them, okay. on NAEP. Okay? Uh, panelists are to tag each NAEP item to a Common Core Standard or determine that it does not match a Common Core Standard. Okay, it's simple enough. Uh, 18, you know, I had to look a little bit. I want to see who they got. But 18 mathematicians, teachers, math educators, supervisor with familiar with familiarity of the Common Core. Okay, mm -hmm. so 18 folks looked at this stuff, and they're different backgrounds. Mm -hmm. The bottom line, uh, reviewers determined that the concordance, I thought the mm -hmm. concordance, uh, I guess they don't want to say alignment, right? Mm. Even though the name of the report has the word alignment in it, but mm. people have different ideas of what alignment means. Mm. Anyway, math people, they're not ELAs. I digress. The <laughs> bottom line is that it determined the alignment between common core standards and NAEP to be reasonable. I'll give you some details in a minute. Okay. At both great levels, especially since NAEP is by design supposed to be broader than mm -hmm. common core. And it's supposed to, uh, this is a direct quote, it's supposed to maintain a degree of independence relative to the current fashions mm -hmm. in instruction and curriculum. Okay. okay. And besides that, the Common Core writers had access to the NAEP frameworks when they were writing right. the Common Core, right? So, okay, anyway, the study results more specifically. At grade four, panelists find that 79% of NAEP items were matched to the content that appears in the Common Core at or below grade four. Or below, right? Not just at, mm -hmm. they can look below. 79% did not. That's right. 12% because there's some category where they couldn't make sense of it or they disagreed. Okay, mm -hmm. But 12% of NAEP items were judged to assess non-common core content or were found at grade five or above. Mm -hmm. The content area with the lowest percentage of NAEP items covering it that's found in the common core at or below grade four. Any idea? Uh Procedural fluency? Yeah, data analysis, statistics, and probability. Um, mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Where only 47% of the items were classified as matches. At grade 8, the overall alignment of NAEP to Common Core at or below grade 8 is 87%. Mm-hmm. Although there is much variation across the content areas, 7% of NAEP items assess something that's not in the Common Core or it's in the high school. Uh, and then a couple other little factoids. There's less agreement between Common Core and NAEP when it comes to algebra and geometry. Mm-hmm. Uh, just over half of grade three and four Common Core standards in the algebra domain have at least one NAEP item matched to it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's um, and then again the data analysis, statistics, and probability as this as was we found in grade four also had the greatest proportion of items judged to access to access content not covered in Common Core. So basically, mm-hmm. you've got. Those, that's your one area, right, where you don't have mm-hmm. clear uh, matches. In other words, there's more of that stuff in the NAEP framework than in the Common Core. That's right. Right. Um, and then there's a sort of this weird ending that I couldn't, it was, seemed kind of conflicting to me. So on the one hand, these authors say that it's been 10 years since NAEP has conducted a review, a thorough review of its math framework. Mm-hmm. And they recommend that we do so in light of Common Core as well as other college and career-ready standards. But I'm thinking like, didn't we just learn that independence is a really important thing and that we don't want to be caught up in the fad? Mm-hmm. And by the way, this alignment is pretty high already, right? Right. Well, well I'm a little confused. Well, a couple things to add. One, one is, you know, it, they, they try to keep the trend line, particularly for the long-term trends, right? right. That, that pretty much stays standard. But they do tend to update these frameworks every once in a while yeah, to be somewhat matching what kids are learning in school. So that, that is a tough decision. I did see some folks say today that the areas where the kids really bombed on the 2015 test were those that had the least amount of go. alignment yeah. uh, with the Common Core. Okay. So that, that's, you know, when you look at the subscale scores and get into these areas that mm-hmm. some of those areas that uh you know we're basically save you know uh under common core fourth graders now don't get to those topics till the fifth grade, grade and right. they did not do well on that now, i don't know i think we have it's a very slippery slope to, slippery to, to, slope. to make these arguments no, uh when we've held nape up as as a gold standard and you know so i think but but it could be the case that uh you know that that Common Core, for good reasons, waits until fifth grade, let's say, to do some of these things, and the kids just haven't gotten to it yet. But does this explain some of the potential softness that we're seeing in 2015? Yes, it could. It absolutely could. At least it is worth learning more about. Yes, it is a hypothesis. Right. But we will not claim that to be the case because that would be misnapery. We say we don't misnape and then we just do misnapery. No, no, no. no. As long as you state it as a hypothesis, Amber, it is not misnapery. So now you're a researcher. Go go off and tell us what you find out. That's the rule of the game. Yes. (laughs) Not a game, Amber. And then you look high and mighty because you say that you aren't doing it, but then you do it. And then you say, but I didn't mean to do it. I don't don't get it. Amber, you clearly are missing the nuances here. She knows. She knows. (laughs) Hey, it was a good study. Honestly, I thought it was a little bit more matching going on than I thought. Yeah, no, there's a lot of overlap. And and look, it is a difficult question. Should Nate change? I don't know. I don't know. I think there's pros and cons on either side. Uh, We do need some kind of benchmark uh, that is not corrupted Mm -hmm. by the common core. That's right. 
All right. And and by the way, Amber, I understand we may have some alignment uh, studies coming Maybe out. Maybe this little as tiny, tiny well. study that I've been working on for, you know, I don't know how long. Yes. yes. Looking at MCAS parks, motor balance, and ACT Aspire yes. coming along. Coming soon, giving me many gray hairs to cover up with blonde dye. And you do that so well. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That is all the time we've got for this week. Until next week, I'm Robert Pundicio. Watch him, Nate. And watch him wonk wonk. Okay, that's... (laughs) And I'm Mike Petrilli. Nay-naying off. The Education Gadfly Show is a production of the Thomas B. Fordham Institute, located in Washington, D.C. For more information, visit us online at edexcellence.net.